Hello, welcome to Solomon's Temple. We have another special edition episode. In this episode, specifically, I'm going to go over the movie The Platform. I've never done a movie review on this channel, on this podcast, on this situation, on this radio network. My little little spiel. I want to just do um, a real quick rundown because I believe like I should just mix it up more. I should probably do more of these. Uh, not that I'm specifically talented in understanding like you know thematic you know the thematic elements of human drama and all this stuff. I'm not I'm not the well versed in all this. I don't have all the answers, but it's definitely I'm a philosopher that likes to tie in a little bit back into the effectual nature of what we all participate in. And it's my opinion that this can be easily reconciled. I mean, if we have the capability to shoot information across the globe in a couple seconds and communicate an idea to anyone at any given time, why the hell haven't we uh, reached a universal consensus on how to share basic goods and, you know, I don't know, give people certain niche you know, abilities to make themselves marketable to where we can function, you know, if we're going to, you know, have a universal agreement on money and stuff like that. We should have at least enough people uh, uh, taking an active role to integrate societies better, or at least you can do is relieve people and be more beneficial without droning on about, you know, humanitarian efforts and stuff that we don't take care of for some ungodly reason. I'm going to go into the platform. And if you haven't heard the platform, I recommend listening to this. I'm trying to distill it out for you. Uh, I will give almost everything away. So if you haven't, like, I recommend just, like, not listening right now and just go watch it and then come back and maybe dive deep into it. You know, and if you have, then just, I don't know, take some trace elements with you. Uh, collect some metals as you go. And hopefully I supply you with some treasure. So to run through, the platform is this giant tower type situation where essentially there is this giant platform, I guess you could say maybe it's um, 12 feet by 12 feet, something like that. And this concrete platform is kind of suspended and it descends down in a weird, I don't know, magnetic way. I have no idea how they're doing this anyways, but imagine a giant tower and there's just this huge square drop off with many, many, many hundreds of floors that go down. To be exact, there's 333 floors total so it's this gigantic situation it just goes down forever and this concrete block is descending down and there's this room where there's two cellmates basically because this is essentially a, a program for prisoners right and the main story uh, is this guy named Goring and this is a Spanish film His, this guy named Goring uh, opts in because he wants to earn an accredited degree and why how does this earn you a degree i don't know but at any rate this is supposed to represent him as sort of an uh, uh an intellectual like an idealist intellectual uh trying to find out things that's kind of his character archetype at the beginning at least and so there's mounds of food uh, people going in express uh, their desires for what they want you know whatever it is just have them cook up and make all different types of food and there's this huge gourmet situation going on upstairs that puts all this food together every single day and it descends. And so it starts at floor one. You have all like a dream banquet. Like you could eat whatever you want. It's just this glorious dream, right? And then the food situation keeps descending and the people eat from it, right? And they get, I don't know, maybe five minutes 
pops or something uh, just to, to go at this situation. And as it descends, it gets picked off and people spit on it and pee on it and do all these terrible things, you know, just because you're up top. And as it descends below, come to find out, it probably doesn't get much past floor 70 before everything's basically gone besides bones and other little bits. And it leaves the other 233, you know, plus floors without much at all, you know, basically nothing most of the time. And you're guaranteed to starve when you're at a certain point. And at that point, it's like, well, what do you do? Well, you got to kind of starve that whole month or you got to eat someone or someone's got to, you know, I don't know, like something's got to give essentially. And it has to do with people's... Um, ability to survive so this platform situation is extremely cruel in this manner there is this european story called the stone soup where it goes uh, people uh, come up upon a village and the village insists that you know they're not going to ration out their food so then there is a sort of consensus consensus around people that uh, are, are around the village to bring items together into their collective pot and this whole story is to um, demonstrate that yes it is possible for people to bring a little bit to the table and have an abundance for everyone you know uh, insofar as you bring a modest amount and then you cook a soup together and everyone gets um, a decent amount of soup um, rich in everything that you could need bodily um, and within this experiment there tends to be a waxing and waning kind of changeable mentality as to how you're supposed to approach your situation as you find yourself in a different floor every time with the same roommate granted you don't kill the roommate or the roommate doesn't die or, or whatever the circumstance is but essentially you have to deal with a different floor every time and the different floors that they go to seem to resemble a, a sort of different attitude and approach that seems to become um, idealistically challenged or uh, realistically um, assented to in a very hard-boiled type of fashion. So there is a sort of individuality and perception of self based on what floor you're on in relationship to every other floor, but there's also this collectivity and responsibility that's being looked at in terms of people's lives as we see them, but we shift around so we're all going to each floor, but it's how do you behave on behalf of everyone when you look at how they behave on behalf of when they're on another floor and so forth. So the relativity on how should I treat people that have treated me wrong, you know, if you reciprocate this, you're just creating a cycle of if you're down below, you're gonna get shat on, right? You can't shit upwards, essentially. And we see that uh, happen to Baharat on level six later. Uh, but to kind of start off, uh, to go in, in order, essentially, um, so there's 333 levels, two cellmates per block, that adds up to about 666, which is the number of the beast. So this is like human nature, or base mentality, or survival, I guess, mortality. So when people's uh, bodies are out of sight, they tend to be out of mind. You don't see actually what's going on on all the levels. You just kind of see what's happening on your level. Unless, of course, you make a descent. And every time you make a descent, you risk being, like, fucked up by the, the people down below. You know, kind of in, like if people want to encroach on on the food or whatever it's like they wouldn't want to share their food with you so if you go down it's like people don't want you there or if you want to find a floor where maybe someone's dead but like then again 
what is that situation so it becomes kind of an idea where you want to stay in your lane almost you want to stay in your isolated uh, place no matter how bad or how good it might be so the the floors that the main character Goring is is in uh, the first one he shows up in is is 48 where he shares a room with Trimagasi, the old man who spent a whole year there so he's battle tested and uh, wise and like how did this guy make it so far well you think Goring entered because one of Trimagasi's uh, roommates died because otherwise Trimagasi wouldn't be <laughs> met up you know matched up with Goring but anyway it starts out on level 48 so we're gonna go in order uh, 48 48's a pretty good level there's still food you know half of it's eaten but it's still pretty good you could find something worth having and you could sustain yourself uh, relatively comfortably with that amount of food in your system the old man sort of accuses him of communism because he's always questioning like well why why wouldn't you just like have a modest amount everyone just chill out and survive and like we just we just agree but like that this isn't what's happening like you know um it seems obvious right and obvious is kind of what this guy always says but it doesn't seem so obvious because why else would all this all these dynamics be taking place so it doesn't seem quite obvious to just be um an, an ideologue in the sense of not taking into account the horrors of the situation so there's kind of this stark realization that um Goring has to deal with that uh, idealism is kind of being quashed away by this harsh reality and this old man is um is is dehumanizing essentially um in order to take place within the classist ideology that this film seems to critique by calling Goring his little snail you know he's eating him by calling him his little snail you know like like transferring the consciousness of humanity into just a morsel because that's what the situation is like calling for and that's what the situation is calling him to to treat him as and as they move from 48 to 171 this is what's happening he's strapped to the bed you know and he's sort of using this dehumanization and scapegoating thing um and it goes alongside his uh, previous narrative of someone being killed a traveler outside his window being like killed by something that gets dropped outside his window and it kills um what he says it was an illegal immigrant and it's almost like like who cares about that, that guy's death since oh he was illegal and he came over here into my classist zone into my spanish um nation in my neighborhood whatever you know but you get that sort of idea like it's okay to shit downwards on others and it's okay to take advantage of someone when you're down if you're if you have the proper mindset which would be dehumanization and having a very starkly um kill or be killed kind of mentality and now um as the other character in this film she's sort of a lone wolf and her whole story is she's trying to look for her child it's kind of vague her name's meharahu meharu Miharu, yeah, Miharu or something. Uh, she descends and she has um, a proclivity to kill. <laughs> like almost everyone that touches her is just getting waxed left and right. And it kind of becomes um, the centerpiece for the resolution of this whole thing. But um, Miharahu, uh, after being sympathized with by Goring, ends up, of course, murdering Trimagasi. With that, it's almost as if um, you have this almost foreign agency coming down and and almost 
reaping a sort of justice um, to the dehumanizer, to the one that scapegoats and protects the one that's being attacked, um, the non-predatorial one. And so when we, we move into the next phase, and of course we get the idea that, I mean, he had to do what he had to do. He probably ate some of Trimagasi, you know, so they would have enough sustenance for the next level. They moved to 33. And of course, 33 is a big number. That's like 33 masonry, you know, uh, 33 years old. Jesus died on the cross. You know, 33 is kind of this big number. I believe it's um, when you kind of uh, step into your final self-identity and you start using that to unfold further into your destiny. You basically distill what you already have. Um, That's when I think most of your learning happens and that's where it gets locked in. But... Um, he meets a new person, and it's the the one that ushered him in, who has been working for this system and interviewing people in order to partake in this situation. And her name is Imiguri, and she's about to die anyway, and um, she has cancer, something like that. And she tries to uh, inf- uh, influence uh, Goring's uh, newfound kind of realism to this situation, and wants to create a spontaneous solidarity among the people. And he kind of starts to see Trimagasi's point, like, no, you know, you're not going to convince people down below because the people above are always going to be shitting on them. You can't shit up. So, you know, good luck convincing everyone when they're above to let their food fall below because they're not, they're going to want to shit down. Just like, they were shit on, you know, so there's this kind of reversal in its in their role and how they see this situation. They see it with a hard view and they want to take advantage of everything that they have when they have it, as we sort of uh, uh, found out in this sort of uh, realism about class, this classist ideology. To, to bring rations to people and say, hey, let's all bind together. You all just listen to what we're saying, you keep passing it on, in theory it's going to work, it's going to daisy chain its way down, but this doesn't work, this hasn't worked, and that's why it just will never be. But in in a sense, this can be our situation, and yet it isn't because there's these dynamics in play that kind of seem to suggest that when you're in a certain situation, you start becoming aware of every other situation, and that sort of lockstep's its, itself in place and the ability to change one's mind in light of this information is very hard to do. So there's a sort of a, a different sort of ethos when it comes to looking up and looking down in this situation where essentially in order to enforce this it becomes a threatening situation. And that's exactly what Goring does. Like, hey, I'm going to start pissing all over your shit if you do not start listening to me, you better start passing on the word and adopting this sort of situation. It becomes uh, a threatening forced ideology, like a uh, very militant um, authoritarian leftist kind of ideology that would ensue in spite of the, uh, the latter authoritarian right-wing sort of classist idea. So this is also kind of a, a take on the middle class, you know, they want to instigate change because they might know about the whole situation, but really the system itself is founded on lies and they're even told there's 200 floors and Imaguri ends up finding out when they, they go down to 202 that essentially, oh my gosh, there's more floors than 200 and I've been working for this thing for 25 years. 
this means I'm trying to enact this change even though I was a complete hypocrite about what this whole system was about. And now I'm, I'm here in 202 and there's plenty more to go that this whole situation is much worse than I was told. I did not realize just how inhumane this is. So when people tend to work for an ideology or a part of a system, they buy into lies and they don't realize how bad it actually is until they become a part of it. So that's another critique. She hangs herself, she commits suicide, and she's gonna die of cancer anyway, but she doesn't wanna to stand to suffer in it. And as she volunteers to go into the situation, she voluntarily kills herself, and, or essentially also sacrifices herself for um, goring and stuff, uh, in a way, to keep him alive so he can go on. And I think also she was subjugated to so much horror and the realization that she's such a hypocrite for all this is uh, was too much and it, it was just a good time to tap out, I suppose. So with this, um, the next month, I guess he cannibalizes out and ends up going to floor six, which is just incredibly high, which is like, if people aren't total dicks and romping around and being crazy upstairs and being too greedy, they could just eat, have a pick of whatever they want. It's nice and fresh. They could just chow down on it like crazy town and just go completely, you know, hog wild every time the food comes. But uh, this is where he meets Baharat. And Baharat is uh, brought a rope with him uh, because you get one item, which I didn't mention. You get one item. Uh, <laughs> a Trimagasi brought a knife, right? And the educated idealist, uh, Goring, our main character, brought a Don Quixote book, which is like a, a wisdom novel. So Baharat tries to climb up to zero to send a message to the place like, hey, you know, I, I want you to know uh, about the realities of this place and kind of send a message and, and escape the hole, essentially. And in order to get people up top to, to kind of get on board with this, he's like, I'm going to throw my rope up and I'm, I'm going to be a part of this message I want to send up top. But of course, like, well, you know, what if everyone else just wanted to kind of like go up and out and you just want to let this guy do it? Like, the guy's right above him, shit on his eyeball. And it's like he never really thought of it. Like, yeah, well, I mean, you could come up with an easy solution yourself. And be like, hey, I'm going to do it. It's like, no, not anyone has any privileged position to even do it. But you didn't think it through. Like, what are you going to do when you get up there? How do you know that they're not just going to freeze you to death, burn you alive, you know, or just not give a shit, you know, when you get up there or whatever? It's like he didn't really think through what was actually going to happen. So he was even denied... Um, this uh, sweet escape just this very innocent kind of idea but he realizes like well since I can't come up and talk some sense into the very top of this situation because it must come from the top that you must sort of reinforce the situation at hand and, and, and maybe come to terms with like hey if we all just kind of ascend upward we could all ascend upward and overthrow the situation but how are you going to do that so in really in the end it's like we can't do that that has never seemed to work and people up top are always willing to shit on people's eyeballs that want to come up and have this sort of plan because they have other plans in mind so the whole thing decays and they end up having this bolshevik revolution where they're like forcibly going down each row and giving out what they feel each um, level should have you know they tell people where to stand how much and when right in order to bring this whole thing down. And so they slowly descend and they're just cracking skulls. This is kind of like a forced revolution. And there's also kind of a criticism like, how could you even share or go about this 
kind of communist revolutionary sense if there isn't even enough to share and in that situation like sometimes it isn't but of course when you look overall the global amount of food we could feed over 9 billion people and there's like not even 7 billion here <clears throat> here so why is that the case so like criticism doesn't work globally and we have the power to do that we just choose not to because we take economics seriously that's my point of view and so then as we're doing this the behavior seems to be contrary to the common good and the class structures seem to become increasingly volatile in light of these revolutionary forces and violence ends up breaking out there's always a question of what are we going to do from here and as you go down it seems to be someone has to dictate something and if you are willing to diminish the class structure there's always going to be someone that wants to subdue these types of tyrannies in favor of the top-down kind of trickle-down economical model of what's happening and in theory you could have a trickle-down thing but it's like you have to be on every level in order to understand how to do it and especially if you're in a situation where there's an X amount and there's so many people and if you don't have enough then the situation calls for that scenario then what are you going to do if no one's aware of your situation then with that being said it's like well it's hard to have a common welfare and a common platter for people if that's not how we're operating so what should people up top do where do you, what do you do from here what do you do if you're of other circumstance uh, do we <clears throat> how do you organize outside of the context of what's going on is what it is and that's sort of the idea is when you're in something you're you see it from a point of view and you see it from where you are and it's hard to divorce yourself from that and people become very scared and divided when they're on levels so we take levels very seriously we take economics very seriously so why would I spare others that didn't spare me why would I treat people that didn't treat me the way I would treat them how do I value myself from where I am what should I actually do about this situation in spite of everyone else's situation is it possible to not have tyranny but still have many different levels of society these are all questions and in the end they end up going all the way down of course and they're bashing skulls and becoming the biggest tyrants that there has been in light of the the greatest ideal that has existed which is kind of a paradox like how do you do more damage even though you're doing more good it seems to ignite itself in the pursuit of positive ends there ends up being a ton of negative outcomes so as they go to the very bottom which is 333 they find a child and to send up the child would be the message so that the top could see that the system is allowing children to exist in these circumstances which really it's like okay how did the kid get in there but also like it sort of drives home the thematic point you know a lot of this movie's kind of vague like where did they go from the bottom floor i mean i don't what happened from there i don't know i have questions but what about the child like what what did that say what does that say and i think that's kind of the point is as the child's ascending at the very end how do you reconcile the treatment of something so innocent devoid of all this where you're thrown into a world that's so sadistic and wrong how do you reconcile these circumstances and let children exist and stuff like this how can we sit around and watch that scenario happen and so the situation's filled with criminals, although the same dynamics are being played out. And of course, it's it's uh, it's Trimagasi's point of view to say like people are bastards, right? He has every kind of uh, idea in mind about them just being shitty inherently. 
but also it is uh, a place full of criminals uh, set up in a kind of very tenuous sort of way so it's a sort of realism but also it's uh, kind of overkill but it, it drives home certain points of view about our situation a little bit like harsh realities of like you know being at a loss and and under conditions that you lose things that you wind up not having stuff and then you could very actually wind up without a home you know you just I don't know so in the end to round out these characters I think Goring as a whole is just an idealist he came to the hole with you know a Don Quixote book uh, trying to get, pursue a degree uh, sort of naive about ongoing details about the whole situation uh, Imagiri thinks he's a chosen one which is kind of interesting and I wonder why Maybe because he's uh, the most well-rounded character in the entire situation that he ends up traversing um, all different kinds of, of territory. And um, he's always waking up with other cellmates and stuff. So he's sympathetic to the, the, the world at large. And uh, he loves Escargo. And uh, Trim is very accepting of the horror. However, um, he does not see himself as a murderer as Goring would have it. He just sees himself as someone who's frightened. So it kind of brings a sort of... He humanizes himself, even though he's doing an inhuman thing like murdering people and, and dehumanizing others. He still appeals to his own um, uh, frailties, which is kind of like the uh, insulary, uh, selfish nature of things, a very selfish idea. Um, even though he's sort of representing, like, this is how things are, but he's still, like, the antithesis to what should be even though he's almost innocent in a way. He accepts how things operate. He emulates power trips uh, by spitting on people and, and, and just being a, uh, a continuation of the bastardom, I suppose. Um, he's a scapegoater and ref refuses to take accountability and responsibility for what he's doing. Maleru, the one that heads down uh, just in search of her daughter, um, sort of just the active uh, agent the one that throws a wrench in things and just does her own thing uh, for her own heroic end, uh, which is basically just like mauling people and stabbing them to death <laughs> through her craziness. So there's nothing really going to stop her. So it's kind of like the power of trying to um, serve justice and anyone coming between a mother and her child. It's like there's this uh, intense drive to survive um, with that kind of in mind. So she has... Um, this way of exposing all the levels um, and and knowing that she can traverse down uh, with her uh, survival intact time and again, even though she ends up dying. Uh, Imaguri is driven to suicide, even though she's going to die. So there's sort of a, fa uh, a fatalist um, assumption here saying that people that are involved in the system and end up going into the system would absolutely be horrified with the whole situation and this system wouldn't be but that's another thing like with the levels it's like if you're not there then you don't see it if you're not there then you don't see it and that's another big part of this whole perceptual framework is if you're outside of it is that's a whole other thing because that's what she was and she was busy running it and so she was able to um be complicit in all these abuses and also kind of um virtue signal at everyone but also be a bigot so she's this giant hypocrite and she thinks it's self-management um, to understand people, but really they're just bastards, like uh, Trimagasi said. And she has a dog named Ramses II, which is kind of like within the Book of Exodus. 
uh, all the slaves from Egypt and whatnot. So it was almost like uh, she was nice, but also was closest thing to villainy. So with her understanding, if she were to come out of that, of course she'd want to shut that shit down. I mean, she'd pr probably become politically active to the point of just like terrorism to try to get that thing destroyed, you know. But at any rate, um, Baharat was an enforcer, an idealist, a strong man for the, the greatest of causes and has sort of a religious overtone. Um, he doesn't want to, he wants to be a message bringer. He wanted to bring the valuable messages um, up top and then he brought it all the way down from below where he dug into the depths and brought the most innocence down from the depths and shot it back up to the top. So I, I thought it was interesting that he tried going to the top and then went to the bottom and that's what actually maybe seemed to work. And um, he wasn't into bashing skulls, but I guess in the end, in order to get your ends, mate, you gotta get your hands dirty is kind of the lesson with that. Um, but overall, I think in this life, humanity is on a track of trying to figure things out for itself, but it's never really wrapping itself around um, true universal empowerment, like really digging into the ideal of um, what has been a dream for the species is to collectively agree and empower ourselves to the greatest ability. And I guess uh, in capitalism, you'll there has been quite an upward trend. However, we're finding that there's still this leveling going on that has been giving people fits and this sort of gives a framework for all of society not only purely on capitalism but on the leveling of the human species no matter where it's found um, and and this type of situation can sort of demonstrate the framework in which people start perceiving themselves within the collective so it's um an inside outside view of where you are when you're up top when you're down below and in between and what human nature and fears are doing to ourselves and um, i like how this thing was uh, put together it'd be interesting to know uh what the philosophy of don quixote is all about because i've never really read don quixote but um seemingly this situation seems to call into question you know are we really separate from every level of existence you know how wide treading um, are our trails, you know, how wide, widespread are all our trails and do they all fork together in some way? Is it all a matter of chance? Um, how united can we actually be? How separate are we actually in our own minds? And this is something to kind of explore and um, to really kind of come to terms with like, are we actually bastards? Are we actually fucking terrible? Or are we good? Or are we both? And how are we going to get over it? And can you get over it, you know? It's, it's like it just keeps going on. I think truly being a brother's keeper and helping your folks and prioritizing other people should be a valuable norm rather than just working on yourself all the time or taking care of your own ends. And taking these things so seriously and taking individuality so seriously. I think we're more in a collectivist uh, age where the whole individual uh, tyrannies will dissolve. I think that's the role of the internet, is these things are going to dissolve and turn into a more um, fantastic age where uh, humankind can share itself on instead of be extremely vile to those on different levels. 
I think depending on how things are being looked at, it'll always change, but somehow be a valid description on how things remain intact. To think that the Earth is a suffering system um, at its core seems to run contrary to the tides of progress have been wanting to unfold. I believe things always are getting better. Even our, our basic living situations were so much better than they were that even royalty would have 400 years ago. But hey, you know, um, it's definitely something to look at in terms of power. Like, how does a little bit of a position do to someone's mind? Resource, energy, how much of it do you have and for how long? Okay, so I'm just going to let it go here and let your minds kind of soak it in. With that going in, maybe... With those points of view, you could focus even more acutely if you watch it again. Maybe some, some more things will be revealed. I think I'm going to watch it again. So uh, I'll let you go with this. I'll see you next time.